I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. How will Biden's tax hikes to capital gains, corporate taxes, 1031s, and death taxes affect you? That's what we're going to answer today in this episode. And we're going to look back at different tax changes in the history, 2012, 1993, 1963, 1941, all the way back. We're going to look throughout history how similar tax changes have done this in the past. Now, if you're someone like me, I'm very pro-capitalist. I truly think government should stay out of the way of business doing business. However, doing today's research actually was pretty interesting to see the data and metrics behind this. So if someone like me, this actually might shake up your opinion on taxes. And this will also give you a lot of ways to plan, hopefully for the future going forward. Now, you've probably heard of President Biden's tax plans. Number one being capital gains, moving that from around 20% to over 43%. And in some states like California and New York, they have their own taxes on top of that. For people living there, it could be above 50% on capital gains. Now, capital gains is a tax when you invest and take a risk in buying a stock, an asset, whatever it is, a security, and you hold that. And long-term capital gains, if you hold over a year and a day, and in some assets, it's over three years. If you hold it, and then sell it, you only have to pay 20% taxes on that asset. It's called capital gains tax. Biden wants to almost double that tax. Additionally, Janet Yellen and Biden have both been pushing for a universal corporate tax rate. They want to raise the current rate from 20% to 28%. And they actually just recently talked to the G7 countries to have them all come together and have a universal tax rate so that people like us can't go to Ireland or the Cayman Islands or other places to have tax havens overseas that they all together can have a higher tax rate together. Additionally, Biden wants to tax an inheritance tax from one generation to the next. And finally, in a very interesting move, at least what I think is very interesting, getting rid of 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges have been almost around for a century. 1031 exchanges allow you to move money from one real estate asset to another real estate asset and not pay taxes on the transaction from moving from one asset to another. This allows house flippers and other people that are in real estate to be able to transact and move from real estate property to real estate property without being nickeled and dimed on taxes every time they move. So this should be a fun episode. Now, this is not the first time a tax change like this has taken place. Now, if you look back over the last 100 years, at least for the highest tax bracket, we're actually in a relatively low time period. If you look at this graph here, you see World War One, Great Depression, World War II, they were the highest tax bracket was almost up to 90%. They were paying, then you have the Revenue Act, the Economic Recovery Tax Act, Tax Reform Act, which slowly has brought it down to to somewhere in the mid 30s for the highest tax bracket. And this all according to Investopedia's articles on the history of taxes. To note, this does not include state taxes, just federal tax. Now, why are we looking at the top tax bracket? Well, Biden has come out and said he wants to tax the wealthy. So anyone that makes over $400,000 a year, he wants to tax them as well. And for capital gains specifically wants to do it potentially on transactions over a million dollars to hopefully tax the rich like he wants to. 
Now, many argue that if you tax the rich, it'll hurt the rest of the country through companies and they have to fire people and hire different types of people. Let's see if that's true at a macro level. We're gonna look at these different tax changes over history compared to overall GDP of the country. So we're gonna look at four different specific timestamps here. You see 1949, 1967, 1990, and 2012, where taxes were significantly changed for the highest tax bracket. Now, between 1949 and 1953 on this graph from Fred, you see in Q3 of 1953, a small lull begin. And this is soon after that tax hike. Again, you see another lull in 1967-69 chart here. In 1970, a small lull in GDP, but in both examples were quickly followed by GDP growth. Now in 1990, you saw a similar tax change with a small dip, but then followed by huge economic growth. And in 2012-2013, you really saw no real substantial change. So key takeaways from the GDP. Number one, recessions occurred in two years following increases in the federal income tax when rates were above 50%. But when the tax rates were below 50% and the last two ones we've seen, really no real recession followed these tax changes. Well, now you might say that's GDP. What actually happens to the average household income during these time periods? Well, boom, people, we got that graph for you. Okay, here it is from Fred. You see at the bottom here in 1990 to 93, taxes went from 28% to 39% and average household income dropped from 56, almost 57,000 to 54,000 on average. In 2012, taxes went from 35% to 39% and annual household income rose from 56 to 58%. So I mean, in both scenarios, you had tax raises, but the household income changed in opposite direction. So really not a ton to conclude from there. Okay, another metric to look at, would this disincentivize people to go and open more businesses? You'd think they raise taxes, entrepreneurs might say, well, I don't want to open new businesses. So we're going to look at the number of business applications through those same time periods as well. Now, this graph is interesting. No, this is from Fred again. You have a few different things here. In the middle, you see that 2012 tax change, really not much difference. And you actually see this cyclical line of people opening businesses at certain times of the year. Uh, usually Q1 of the year, people are very ambitious, want to go start stuff. 2008, seven, nine, business openings were pretty much the same. You see a small dip end of 2009, 2010. And then you see a growth all the way to 2020, 2021. A lot of people starting businesses. One in four Americans currently have a side business. And you can see that reflected there. But again, you see on this graph, really no change, at least on that tax opening. Now let's look at the stock market. People have been talking a lot about the capital gains change, what that would do to the market, how that would affect traders going forward. Now, my personal opinion, if my capital gains and my taxes double overnight, if I sell a stock, well, I'm probably incentivized at that point to not sell or trade my securities. What I, what I think will happen is this is gonna disincentivize a lot of people that maybe would have dumped to actually hold and wait for a presidency in the future to maybe change that back to a lower rate for you to dump your stocks. And I believe the same thing's true with 1031 exchanges. You take away 1031 exchanges and all of a sudden people now do not want to transact in real estate because if I wanna transact and sell my house and move to another one, I have to pay a significant tax 
on that. If I'm going to be trading real estate and portfolio and I have a couple properties over here, I might hold on to them unless I can justify the extra, I don't know, 20, 30, 40% I'm supposed to pay on that transaction. But I digress. Let's get back to the metrics here on the stock market with capital gains changes over the last hundred years. So on this chart, going all the way back to 1922 on the left, you saw between 10 and 15, it rose to 25%. By the 1970s, they were paying around 35%, dropping down to the mid 20s. And then again, right now sitting at 20%. This would be and a major increase, it would be the, all the way to the top of this chart if Biden's plan goes through for capital gains. We all the way up to 40 or 43%, depending on where you live and what you're doing. And as you can see from this chart, we're gonna look at these five moments in time to see what the stock market did when these changes were made. So at first, let's look at 1933 to 36. Now this chart is expanded just a little bit. You see in the middle here, the stock market growing, you see a small sell-off here, but quickly, I mean, within a year, it's recovered back to where it was and grew beyond that. Between 1940 and 1943, with another tax change going from 15 to 25%, you actually saw a decent decline in the stock market here. And to note, this is looking at the US 30, this is entire stock market index going all the way back to 1896, one of the best measures we have to measure the entire stock market. Now, this chart looking between 1967 and 72, at 67, you see some variance here and, and maybe a steep sell off, but again, quickly bought back up and followed by gains in the stock market. Here you see the chart is from 1985 to 1987. 86 is when the tax change occurred. And here, I mean, you see stocks actually do decently well. And here looking at 2012, going from 15% capital gains to 20% capital gains, you see a small dip, but really I don't draw too much conclusion from that seeing the charts over the last hundred years. Now, I know there's a lot of other data we could look at, but trying to look at it from a macro point of view, I don't see a lot of trends occurring when you change capital gains besides a short-term sell-off that's quickly recovered. Now, with all that being said, will tax changes affect how people operate? 100% yes. We've already seen that in the last year. We've seen people in metropolitan high-tax states moving and fleeing to low-tax states as well. People are voting with their feet. Taxes are a huge incentive for how people move their money. And with proposed tax changes, you see a lot of movement here. Now, my personal opinion, will this tax change go through? My personal opinion is actually no. They might get small changes to capital gains. They might get the corporate tax rate, but 1031s I do not believe will happen. And inheritance tax I also think is going to be a hard one to push. Why? Because all the politicians, right, left, Democrat, Republican, and all their donors are wealthy. Okay, they are going to stop donating or stop wanting this to happen if it's going to hurt their own wallet. Now, you see a few huge billionaire tech giants supporting the corporate tax bill. And some of the reason behind that, potentially, you see Jeff Bezos out here supporting a, a corporate tax rate going increasingly higher because... Amazon, these other big companies, they can they have most of their assets overseas and they can very effectively tax plan. And I actually think it'll actually kill a lot of small businesses. It won't tax the wealthy like they want to because really there's not a lot to tax. What are you gonna tax? Jeff Bezos, Amazon shares? He's a smart individual. What he does is he borrows against his shares, puts a liability in his balance sheet and goes and buys a yacht. 
What are you going to tax the debt? You're going to tax the debt that he took out against his own shares in the company. That's the problem with trying to tax the ultra wealthy and ultra rich. And if you really want to go after him and go after, you know, go really deep into it, they'll just move countries. They'll move citizenship. I have a, I have two friends that just moved citizenship to another country. I think that they're going to have a very hard time. And what happens, at least my opinion, is that it falls on more middle class America than they than they want it to. But those are just my opinions. We'll see if Biden can get these tax changes passed in Congress, but it's interesting to look at tax changes over time. Let me know what you guys think in the comments, like this video, it'll help the YouTube algorithm and subscribe to our channel. We put out a lot of videos like this. Let us know what you think and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bridger here. I have four free and simple ways I can further help you to scale your business or fund. Number one, I have a YouTube channel with actually, I don't, to toot my own horn, I think it's decent content on there. Go check it out. Bridger Pennington is a YouTube channel. We go very deep on funds. Number two, I have a one hour free training at investmentfundsecrets.com. We go very deep into how to actually start and scale your very own fund from ground zero. Number three, you can join our free private Facebook group of like-minded people like me and you that go out and launch and scale funds. I go live in there once a week. The name of the group is Investment Fund Secrets. And then number four, finally, I have a free PDF guide on how to actually launch and scale your fund. If you go to investmentfundsecrets.com slash guide, you can download that guide. Now, finally, people always ask me, Bridger, can you help me one-on-one? -on -one? Can we work together? Yes. I don't want to talk about that in here, but if you want to learn more, message me, Bridger at investmentfundsecrets.com or just DM me on Instagram. Thank you guys. And I'll see you in the next episode.